Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is still Paul Madot. Thanks very much for joining us on, the episode, on this episode, I should say. Today, I have Melissa Matthews. She is VP Sales coming to us from Azul Hospitality Group in San Diego. Good morning, Melissa. How are things? Good morning. Very excited to be here. Things are good. Uh, bright and early here in San Diego. You know, it's funny, that, it's funny that you say that. And I said good morning because anybody listening to this podcast, it could be 11 p.m. for them right now, but <laughs> I'm, I'm totally in the moment. I just said I noticed it's 7.30 for you. So I was like, yeah, so I said good morning. So thanks so much for being here. Uh, say hi to everybody, provide a quick intro, and then let's dive into your story. Hi, everybody. Uh, I, As Paul said, I'm Melissa Matthews. I'm the VP of Sales at Azul Hospitality Group, which is a hotel management company. And uh, we're based here in San Diego. I've been in San Diego about 15 years and uh, have two beautiful puppies and recently five chickens and two ducks that are uh, growing faster than we can put them in new brooders. So I'm excited to talk to you. You're busy. All right, good. Well, I'm glad you you freed up the time here. And so... You know, Melissa, the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. And as we were speaking, this is really built on the foundation that no matter what we do for a living, nothing is really given to any of us. And it all starts with what's up top and how fired up we are. And so with that said, I'm looking forward to you uh, sharing your story. You ready to go? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Let's go back in time. Let's go back to the mid 90s, early 2000s. I I hope I'm saying this right. Is it Kenesaw? How am I saying that? Kennesaw, thank you. Mm-hmm. Kennesaw State University, bachelor's in international relations and affairs. And yet here we are, a longstanding career in sales. All right. So it's 20 yes. plus years now. So take me back to 2000 when you were graduating. Did you have a vision back in the time where you're just kind of figuring it out? Or did you have a thought about what you'd be doing? I did. I knew for a very long time that I had wanted to go into international affairs. My whole goal was to work for the United Nations and I wanted to, you know, solve world peace and world hunger and uh, be a diplomat and a you know, social service agent. So yeah, that was my goal. And I kind of fell into sales like most people. Yeah. But I think it, it really, it gave me a good foundation. Even though you know, I didn't know it, I was learning sales in international affairs. Totally, right? I mean, it's everywhere. So I'm curious about the draw back then uh, in terms of international affairs. Did that come from your parents? Were they in government? Were they in something? Where did that come from, do you think? Yeah, no. Um, you know, when I was younger, when I was about five, I started in dance. And for a long time, until I was about 15, I really wanted to be a dancer. And I thought I was going to go to New York and live on Broadway and actually went to a uh, performing arts high school because of that for dance. And while I was at high school, I met a really fantastic teacher, Paul Greitzel, shout out to Paul, um, who was the history teacher, and he did some amazing classes. And one day he asked me if I wanted to join this group called Model United Nations. 
and I had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. And so I joined it as a student and it really opened up an entire world to me that I had no uh, prior knowledge of, just not only geographically and history and, you know, all of that, but to learn about politics and all of the different regions and how those players, you know, interact over thousands of years that it took to evolve to that. It was really fascinating to me and it just really flourished this idea that I wanted to be a civil servant. Did you actually get into that field post-bachelor's at all or did you move right into sales? You did? I did. Yeah, I did. So I went to high school um, with that teacher and then there was a really great program at Kennesaw State University in Georgia. It's the best program in the Southeast. Um, and they had a fantastic international affairs program as well as Model United Nations and Model Arab League. And so I joined that. And then after college, uh, one of the organizations that we used to do conferences with when I was a student was the National Council on Arab Relations. And I uh, moved to Washington, D.C. and essentially became the person who planned those conferences for the students as they were coming up. So it exposed me to middle school students and high school students and college students all over the the country, really, and the world um, who wanted to do what I wanted to do. And so it was a really great opportunity for me to mentor them, but then also get to practice a little bit what I, what I had learned. And we um, did all kinds of work with, you know, Arab countries and princes and kings and, you know, their own ambassadors and diplomats in their own right. So I was you know, kind of involved in this, this amazing little world of uh, all of these really important people as a a small starting out student and uh, starting out in my career. So it was pretty almost amazing. And so are you a born and bred Georgian? Uh, I'm not born. I, my father was in the air force, so we moved around a bit. Uh, I was actually born up in Andrews air force base, but moved to Atlanta when I was three and uh, yeah. Okay. So I you were raised in Georgia then. You were ra- okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. You were raised in Georgia. And so what was the move like to DC? Cause I've been to both and they're very different towns. It was amazing. I loved every second of it. I loved the culture. I loved that there were so many amazing things to do that were free in the Smithsonian. If I wanted to go on my right. lunch break and go to the history museum or something, I could do that. Um, so I think for somebody who really has a passion for history and for culture, it's the best place. Best place yeah. to be. You know what I, I love, love about DC is the fact that all the museums are free. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes, Amazing. all yeah, of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, the other thing about DC that I really loved is everyone in that town is so knowledgeable and they're so involved in what's going on in the world because they're, you know, most of them are working in some form of government. And so when you turn on your local news, it really is like watching the BBC. It was an right. international news platform on the local Channel 5 news, which yeah. uh, is pretty unique to that city, I think. And so when did you move into hospitality and what was behind that? Yeah, so like a lot of people after 9-11 hit, uh, there was very, very, very little funding for anything that had the word Arab in the title. And a lot of uh, people just didn't want to be associated with that. So unfortunately, that organization that had been around for over 100 years laid off um, pretty much everyone except for me and one other person. And we closed out the year and then I moved back to Atlanta and for about six months just could not find a job. And I had interviewed at the Carter Center and at the uh, National Archives and all kinds of wonderful places. 
in uh, Georgia and you know, I'd get through you know, 13, 14 rounds of interviews and then be told that there was a hiring freeze. And one day I was just kind of sitting in a bar after a really bad interview and there was a lady sitting there next to me and kind of commiserating. And I just said, I have to get a job. I'm living with my parents. I've recently been married. Like, I can't take it anymore. I need to, like, find something. And she said, I have a sales coordinator position open at my hotel. And I said, I'll take it. And I went down and interviewed with her the next day. I had no clue about sales or what the industry entailed. And um, But she lent me a hand. And it opened up another world that I didn't know existed and one that I think in the end was a, probably a better path for me. You know, I would, let's talk about the kind of the transition period where, you know, six months, my guess at the time probably felt like six years in terms of when you're going to get your next job. Now in the end, it usually works out in the end for the best and that you get your next job and it works out and look what you've been able to create. But at the time, I'm quite sure having been through it in a different capacity, being laid off and no money. It's like, well, now what am I doing here? And so, um, any moments of like, like, when is this, when am I going to get a break here? And like, did that six months really feel like six years to you at the time? A hundred percent, hundred percent. It was, um, I think the most difficult thing is that I had been on my own for so long. I had, uh, lived on my own throughout college. I had my own apartment that I paid for and a full-time job. And, um, I had moved to China for six months on my own. I had lived in D.C. for two years on my own. So to be married back in my parents' house was a real eye-opening experience and humbling experience, I would say, you know, um, with the curfew again and, you know, <laughs> don't forget to do the dishwasher in this totally. way and, you know, all of that stuff. So, yeah, there were a lot of moments that I thought this is going to be my life forever. I'm never going to be able to get out of this situation. And, uh, and yeah, and I'm so thankful to Beth Estes was her, her name. And I'm so thankful to her for taking a chance on me. You know, I, I'm curious about your transition into sales because, you know, to your point, you know, you kind of learn about sales indirectly no matter what you do, but to actually be in that formal role of a professional salesperson, the responsibilities of hitting a number and boom, 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 whether you're prospecting or closing or whatever. I'm curious, what was that transition like for you? Did you take to it right away? Was it like an uphill battle? And what was that early part of maybe call it your first six months? What was that like? Um, the first six months, I would say, was a lot of just learning, um, you know, industry lingo and terms and, you know, what did it mean to sell in that space. Um, I was really, you know, hungry, though. So I, I was hired as a coordinator. Two weeks later, I was bumped up to a, a higher level coordinator. And then about three months after that, the uh, business travel sales manager left. And I had no real understanding of what it was that she did but I went to Beth and I said I want that job right. it's, it's bigger than my job I know I've only been here for you know two months or three months but uh, I'm ready for it and I will work harder than anybody else and um, but in the end you know looking back on it I think the transition was fairly easy because you know international affairs it, that was really all it is is selling yeah. yourself and the idea of whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish and while I didn't know it at the time it really did build this amazing foundation for me to be able to reach out to people and negotiate with clients and 
you know, bring a deal to fruition, you know, even though it was a different kind of deal that I was working on. But it, you know, in the end, the sales process was all the same. Right. And so what, where were you working? What was the company? Was it a big chain? Uh, it was an embassy suite. And okay. uh, it was, yeah, so it was partly owned by Hilton, partly owned by a group called Legacy Partners. And uh, it was right in Centennial Park, which is a really kind of vibrant, exciting place to be in Atlanta. And it was a fairly new hotel. And that was a really great product, great team. Okay. And how long was your run there? Not long. Um, okay. I think in the end, I was there about six months. And then uh, I met through an industry event. I met a director of sales at another property. And he asked me if I would be interested in interviewing. And so I went and talked to him. And he, I remember he, uh, in the interview, his ending question was, sell me this pen. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> And uh, and so I went through the process of selling him a pen that he already had. And then by the time it finished, I had a job at his hotel, which paid a little bit more, was a little bit better of a, a title and a much larger company. So a lot of more opportunity to move around and move up. And so it wasn't long that I was with the embassy suite, but it's a small industry. Once you work in hospitality, everyone knows each other. And it's, it's you know, I've heard that. Family. I've heard that it's a big industry, but it's actually small when you're behind the firewall, right? And so, okay, so you, you obviously gravitate to this type of sale and, and this type of um, environment. Did you get a, Did you get to travel much early on as, as part of this, or because you're not in you're not in Atlanta right now? So how'd you get to San Diego? Yeah, so um, we traveled a little bit for you know conferences here or there, or. Um, to go to visit travel agents or things like that. Um, so yeah, a little bit of travel. I'd say you know a couple of times a year, more personal travel than business travel. Okay. Um, and then to get out to San Diego, I had actually come out here for a conference. Uh, it was January in in Atlanta, and I came out to San Diego when the weather was you know 75 and sunny and just beautiful. Totally. <laughs> and I was like, what is this town? <laughs> this city is amazing. And uh, so I went home and I had my sight line set on San Diego. I knew it was a place that I wanted to be. And my husband at the time was in the, uh, he was a police officer, but he was getting ready to join the Navy. And it came up for him to put in his selection. And we were like, San Diego, that's it. We got to go there. And it all worked out in the end. Did you go to San Diego uh, with a job or did you go searching for a job? I went searching for a job. So I had, uh, I was working with Starwood at the time and I came out to San Diego and interviewed with Starwood and the only position available was at this, you know, huge, huge big box here in town of, you know, 1100 rooms. And they didn't think I was even remotely qualified, which I right. wasn't at the time. And so back, you know, during that day, you could walk around and people had, you know, wanted posters signed in their up in their windows and stuff, and you could find it in the newspaper. And so I just found uh, another hotel that was hiring and walked in off the street, walked right into the director of sales office and was like, hey, I see you have a position and I'm here and I'm ready. I'm going to be moving in two weeks. So you don't need to pay my relocation. I'm already coming. And so she set me up with an interview that day, and then I did a phone interview when I got back to Atlanta with the rest of the team. And again, kismet, it all worked out. You know, the, the, the draw to Southern California, I can appreciate is I've never lived there, but, you know, with business, I'm probably down there 
Southern California, Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego, kind of in that whole nook, probably six, seven times a year in a normal year, obviously right now, not so much, but in a normal year. But I've never lived there, but I've always enjoyed going there. Uh, You took to D.C. pretty quickly. You said you liked that town and the transition was really good. Was the move to San Diego what you thought it would be early on? Did you did you really like the California living versus uh, not so much that you didn't like Georgia, but did you like California? I did. I did. I, uh, you know, I was here for about a year before it ever rained. I was sleeping and I woke up and I heard this little tink, 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 tink. And I was thinking, what is that outside? And I opened the window and it was raining and I was like, it rains here. That's crazy. So, you know, coming from Atlanta where there's maybe three good days out of the year, uh, the weather here was just amazing and I loved all the outdoor activities and you could go hiking and you could go to the beach and there was just so much to again do that was free that you don't have to pay for that uh, when you're a you know a poor person starting out in their career making you know not a lot of money it's really important to have that type of lifestyle that you can do something exciting and not pay a lot of money. And so um, the first hotel chain that you worked for in California was Marriott. So Marriott. Uh, it was actually, yeah, Marriott. Just a little company called the... Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I worked at a hotel called the Marriott Gaslamp Quarter, which again was a pretty new hotel right in the downtown Gaslamp overlooking the ballpark. And I think if I look back on my career, that was the hotel that had the biggest impact on me. The team were all still, you know, friends to this day. We, keep in touch. The director of sales was my, by far the best mentor I've ever had Mm. in in my career. And I was there for five years and I loved every single second of it. Were you a victim of something? Did they shut down? Did you move on electively? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the downside of having a fantastic team that everybody gets along so well and everyone loves their job is that no one ever leaves. And so I had to desire that I wanted to do what she wanted, what she was doing. I wanted to be a director of sales someday. And I had been there five years and no one had left and right. there was no one planning to leave anytime soon. And so I started looking outside of the hotel for you know, associate director jobs and uh, senior sales managers, just something to get a little bit more of a leg up. And so I left there to go to Hyatt for their director of sales training program. And and then, yeah. And so, so in that role, were you now covering multiple hotels as part of the corporation or, or were you still with one local hotel? Yeah, still at that time was with one local hotel. I uh, mm. moved over to the Hyatt Regency in La Jolla. Um, but what that gave me the opportunity to do was to manage a team, which I had not really had the opportunity to do before. Um, so I had a, a director of sales who was very savvy in marketing and spent a good deal of his time doing the marketing side and owner relations, which I hadn't been exposed to yet, but it gave me the opportunity to manage the team uh, because he didn't you know, necessarily have the time to do that. And so it just, um, it really... I would say just grew my leadership skills and, and it was a different type of sell. It was a much larger hotel, a lot of meeting space. So the types of clients that you were dealing with were more on a national scale. And uh, so it it gave me a lot more experience than I had at the Marriott, which was a smaller property. 
Okay. And so how did you get to Azul? Was it right from uh, Hyatt? Was it there was something in between? Um, did they recruit you? Yeah, something in between. I, I uh, left Hyatt to go be a director of sales. I got offered a couple of different positions for director of sales with Hyatt, but they wanted me to move to places like Kansas and you know Ohio. And at the time, I was really in love with San Diego and didn't really want to leave. Um, so I went to work for a company called Evolution and got my first director of sales position. And then at that position, I actually met a a gentleman, Stan Kaminsky, who was one of my general managers, and he left the company as well and came over to Azul Hospitality Group, and he called me a few times and was like, you got to come over here. You got to come over here. It's great. And, uh, and at the time, I was so happy, and I just kept saying, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then towards the end of it, one day, I was like, I'll come and talk and see what's what. Right. And, uh, and I went down, and it just fit like a glove. It was, it was like what I had been searching for, you know, all of those years. And that's been how long now? Four or five years? About five years. Oh, yeah. five years yeah. now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Melissa, talk to me about the, the last year, because I imagine for you and your colleagues in your industry, you guys have probably been hit pretty hard. I mean, you, you have that, you have most of the world saying, stay home, don't go anywhere. And yes, like, no, you got to come here. Like that's, that must impact your industry. And so how have you managed, uh, you know, both professionally, but also personally call it the last 12, 13 months of the world, because you've been hit pretty hard, I imagine. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, life for sure changed, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was on the road every week traveling to a different hotel and I was rarely here except for on the weekends back here in San Diego. And I loved the, you know, the vibrancy of meeting so many different people and being in so many different places um, during a month or during a year. And so that one just changed that everyone was taken off the road and we've all been kind of working from home since then. But more so than that, I think was just the emotional and the personal, you know, aspect of it. And, I think once you get to a role like mine, you really feel the gravity of how responsible you are for everyone that's on their way up through the through the ranks and right. having to make all of those gut-wrenching phone calls to let people know that they were being furloughed or they were being laid off, you know, hundreds, hundreds of phone calls, you know, day and after day after day after day after day was um, really just an emotional toll, but I'm you know, lucky I have a fantastic boyfriend who was here and, you know, sat with me while I cried after every call. And, yeah. and, uh, and so, yeah, life is, life is different now. It's slowly starting to, to recover. And I've definitely become more of a therapist over the past year than I, I had before, which isn't natural to me, but I've learned how to, how to do that. And it's still, you know, makes me emotional to think about it. I have an amazing team. I wish every single one of them. And I know what they feel like because I was in that same position, you know, right. back looking for a job and just thinking it's never going to get better. So it will. Well, you, will you know, better. Melissa, you've had quite the ride. I mean, if we think about where you started, you're in Georgia, you've, you find a passion for international affairs, you then convert that into a, into a job, you move to DC Unfortunately, to your point, what happened with 9-11 and the ripple effects impacted that you're, you're a newlywed at the time and you think, 
all right, so now I got to go back home to live with mom and dad after being on my own for a while. And so you've got to navigate those choppy waters. You find hospitality out of work. And like most of us in the world of sales, you just, okay, I need a job. Like, I don't care where I work, just I need to work, right? Then you find a love for this. And then on a conference, you go out to San Diego and you're like, what is this town? I got to get out there. Uh, sounds like your husband at the time was going into the army or the Navy. And it's a, he put in his request to go to San Diego and that happens. And then here it is 15 years later. And, and yet you find even in the last year, uh, a, another impact of, of an event outside of your control that happened with you with 9-11. And now it's happening you with, with you now with your industry you're in, but you've had a great ride. So congrats on what you've been able to create thus far up until this point. It's fantastic to hear that. Um, You know, I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying about intentions. Um, I am a huge firm believer in a positive attitude and you can't do anything unless you really want it. And if you put it out there and you not just, I mean, people will say, if you put it out in the universe, which I think that's a little bit true as well, but you put it out to everyone that you know, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. And you just take a leap of faith sometimes and, you know, in the end, for the most part, I've found that things work out. They may not work out the way that you thought they would have. Right. But when you look back on it, you realize it worked out the way that it was supposed to and the way that it should have. And um, sometimes it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it. But, yeah, it's been an amazing wild ride. I like to say that I've dated a lot of different companies um, in my <laughs> career. And then when I met Azul, I married I married Azul. They will have to kick me out, carry me out in a coffin out of this place. I, I just love it so much. I can't imagine well, ever leaving. It's like San Diego. I can't imagine leaving here. I can't imagine leaving Azul. I love it. Well, listen, thanks so much for being here. It's been a lot of fun speaking with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right, right, everybody, let's wrap up another episode right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why do I say that? Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe and let's go Raptors.